so important to get through school. I'm always like, you have to get through school, but you have to have fun at what you're doing. Whatever you do, it makes you smile. Because to me, that is success. Whatever you're doing, make sure it's making you happy. You're listening to Femcanic Garage, the podcast that features women in the automotive and motorsports industries. A community that elevates, empowers, and evolves by smashing stereotypes and breaking down barriers for women. I'm your host, Jamie Blossman. Buckle up for the ride, Femcanics. Hey ladies, it's time to put your badass boss babe hat on. Head over to femcanic.com's resource page and create your personal listing and your business listing if you have one of those too. No cost to you at all, just shameless self-promotion. Talent recruiters for jobs, radio, and TV gigs have leveraged this page to discover talent. Come on, ladies. It's time to get your self-promotion on. Remember, femcanic.com, resource tab at the top, and click the Yes, I'm a Badass Woman. Rebecca Schnell is in the driver's seat today. She is the driver of the Bigfoot Monster Truck and got her start in the industry by first being a crew chief. She worked full-time and traveled with her husband, who's also a monster truck driver, all while attending nursing school. She fanned the flames of a fire that started seven years ago and recently took the plunge into becoming a full-time monster truck driver and said bye-bye to her seven-year career as an emergency room nurse. Sit back and enjoy the ride. Hello, Femcanics. This is Jamie B. coming to you, and I have Rebecca Schnell. <laughs> I thought you would like that, Rebecca. Beautiful. <laughs> In the driver's seat today, how are you doing, Rebecca? I am golden fantastic. Jamie, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. We were just chatting right before I hit the record button, and you were sharing some major life-changing events in a very short period of time. <laughs> Big old change in life events and... uh You know what? I am super excited about this new adventure. I cannot wait to see where it takes me. Me and my husband or my husband and I. Let me be (laughs) grammatically correct in my my verbiage here. But, you know, this is a dream that I've had for a long time. And you know what? The opportunity has landed and we are sailing to new heights with it. So pretty pumped about it. Just to fill the listeners in, you were a emergency nurse. Correct. Emergency room nurse. Yeah, I was actually uh, on travel contract. So I've been travel nursing, meaning I go from state to state all over the U.S. uh, every 13 weeks-ish or so. But a lot of times I tend to fall in love with the people that I work with and I stick around for a little bit longer. I've been doing this contract that I just completed on Saturday for about the last nine months. So it was time to say goodbye and jump into the driver's seat of full-time monster trucking today. So it's huge. No pun intended. What? <laughs> Good dunch. Right, right. And not only that, you guys decided to go ahead and sell your house and live in a fifth wheel full time. Yes. Uh, people might call us a little crazy, but, you know, 
with our upcoming monster truck schedule, we are planning to be on the road the next 10 to 12 weeks straight. So it's not going to be very financially smart to keep a house that we don't see. And our drive currently is about 55 minutes one way. So it makes absolutely no sense to keep the house that we're hardly even living in anyway. And then there is some chit chat about monster trucks going back overseas. So looking forward to that announcement. Hoping there's confirmation on that soon. We let the cat out of the bag. Well, I actually let it out of the bag because of your pre-recorded bio. The listeners know that you're a monster truck driver and not not just any monster truck. You have had the opportunity to, correct me if I'm wrong, the first female ever to drive the original Bigfoot monster truck. Is that accurate? You know, you might have just shocked me with the record. I don't even know if I actually know myself. I'm fairly confident. That. I definitely am the first female to pilot a 79 body that's very resembling of um, Bigfoot number one. I think you're probably right. I think I will be able to walk away holding that title to be one of the first women in a Bigfoot truck. Most women have piloted the Miss Bigfoot truck or another schemes. And it's been a very long time since Bigfoot has had a female driver in their seat. Mm-hmm. I am very honored to be able to walk away and to work with these guys as a team. They are absolutely amazing. Now, I'm sure the listeners, just like I was incredibly curious, you know, I I have went with, I think my dad, when I was younger, took me to go watch a monster truck show. And at that time, as a a little girl, I I didn't see women, right? It was all men. Um, And part of this is being able to see yourself in someone, right? Right. So my dad actually found you and then reached out to you and he was like fan crushing on you. So it's <laughs> like, it's okay, dad, chill. <laughs> um, so, but when I went and started research, I'm like, wow, Rebecca's the real deal. I know my listeners are probably tired of hearing this, but I'm very particular with who I bring on here. And sometimes my, my dad's idea of who he thinks would be a good or good woman to interview is not necessarily the same idea I have. It's up to your quality par. I understand. I think all women deserve to be interviewed for sure. And there's a place for it. And I'm just very clear on what my niche is and what I'm looking to present. That's all. Well, and I said this last time, but I am so honored to be on your podcast. Hey, ditto, sister. (laughs) Ditto. But, you know, the, the little girl in me, Couldn't help but thinking, how in the world do you get into monster trucks? And you didn't get into just any monster truck. Nope. Like, you can't get any more iconic than Bigfoot in the monster truck world. That's where it all began. Yeah, 100%. You know what? My life motto has seemed to be go big or go home. So that motto carries through with my new full-time adventure here with the Bigfoot monster truck. And Jamie, to be quite honest with you, if you would have asked me as a little girl at eight, nine, 10 years old, when we were very much into that realm of what do you want to be when you grow up? I would have never told you that I would have been a monster truck driver. It's fair. Never, never. Now, did I go to the shows just like you growing up? Yes. Did I love trucks? Absolutely. Was I a gearhead growing up? Absolutely. But I never in a million years thought that Rebecca's resume would read professional monster truck driver of Bigfoot (laughs) 4x4. 
That's fair. Hence, you know, you didn't start off there, right? No. We literally just had a conversation where clearly you went to school to become a nurse. Correct. Yeah. So I, when I was a kid in school, I always said I want to be a veterinarian, but I have a huge heart for animals. I love them. And the thought of letting them go and putting them down was detrimental. So I quickly transitioned to doing that with people. No, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. I don't, I do not let people go. I save their lives. Rebecca, let's be honest. There's a lot of listeners like, no, I understand. I can totally put a person down before I could my dog. Totally joking. You know, and there's a time and place for that. And there is a, there's a field of nursing that I am very grateful for because I cannot do that field of nursing. That's oncology nurses. And I'm very grateful for those. I am an adrenaline junkie. So I opted to go with the emergency nursing career. And I've done that for the last seven years or so. In that time frame, I went to school. And Darren, my husband, has been with the Bigfoot team for the last 12, 13 years. Very graciously let me get my career under me and let me kind of wrench on his truck on the weekends when I wasn't in school or I wasn't working in the hospital. And so that started my knowledge base on doing monster trucks. And I think you and I talked about this last time, but I kind of knew at about year two, two and a half ish, that I wanted to drive these trucks because I saw a news anchor get in a truck and she was terrified. And I wanted to go out and do the news program piece for her. And they wouldn't let me because she had to be the one driving the truck. And I was stomping my foot and throwing a fit in the pits because I knew that I could get in there and do a heck of a lot better job than she did. And I can tell you, this was actually in Bloomsburg, Pennsylvania at a jamboree. I remember it. It was that vivid where I was and when I decided that I wanted to drive one of those monster trucks. I'm sorry, I'm I'm having this visual of this grown woman with your pale skin, red hair, stomping in the pits. (laughs) Yeah, and to give the rest of the visual for all the listeners, I'm about 5'9", and I weigh about 135 pounds. So... I mean, they're all going to go Google you now. Like, I need to visualize this. Yep. I'm a tiny petite gal, but you know what? When you put your mind to doing something, it definitely shows. It may have taken me a long time. Now, that was probably in like 2012, Mm 13-ish maybe. And I didn't get my start into doing my driving ability until 2019 ish. And then, you know, pandemic (coughs) happened. So Mm -hmm. that put a little damper on everything. Um, So I'm just getting back into getting into my seat full time and getting all those the list of things that I want to accomplish in a monster truck starting to get those checked off. Boy, Boy, I have so many questions for you on on like two paths. But when you say those goals with the checklist, what are some of those goals? Like, can you share with the listeners? Because when I'm thinking of goals, like for me being an entrepreneur and an owner, but you guys are kind of like unicorns. And I know that there's other women, like I've interviewed uh, Hope. She's also a monster truck driver, but you guys really are, you ladies are a unicorn kind of, it's a whole different type of competition. Yeah, absolutely. So I just want to preface this. There have been females in the monster truck industry for a long time. You just don't see them because they're not the driving portion. And that's what the audience sees. Um, there are women that have been wrenching on these monster trucks in the crew in the pits for a very long time. They're either the crew people or they're organizing the show or they're selling merchandise. Every person and every female in this whole industry in that setup is very important to what we do. I just get to be the person to get behind the wheel of that truck and get to drive it and wheel it around. Very, very blessed and very honored to do that. Um, to answer your question though, 
when I went to Europe in 2020, in January and February of last year, I was interviewed over there. And all of the shows that I had done at that point were all on concrete floors. Driving on a concrete floor versus dirt is very different skill set acclimation. So I had told them, I was like, I'm not done here yet. I want to do a dirt show. Um, then it gets bigger and better from there. So then you start hitting like elevated car ramps. So like building three foot ramps, stacking cars in there and then soaring over those or jammer stacks where they turn a car on its side and they build dirt up to it and it shoots you straight up into the air. The other part of it is then you start hitting campers or RVs. That's a little scary to think about since I'm living in one of those right now. Um, besides the point, anyway, (laughs) scary to think about in general, (laughs) right? And then school buses where they build up these big dirt ramps and then you literally go hit the side of a school bus. So big goals. Although there's some kids out there that would listen to this and be like, yeah, (laughs) please hit my school bus. No school. Right. Yeah. So started, like I said, started on the concrete, checked off that goal. Uh, Actually getting seat time and getting fitting myself into safety equipment was another big goal because I'm, like I said, I'm, I'm a petite gal and a build to keep you safe because our safety innovation has come a long way from when monster trucks first started to modern monster trucks. You know, we use all kinds of safety devices and we'll talk about all that later, but getting that fitted correctly to make me comfortable in a truck to where it doesn't hurt and wants to make you want to drive even more and to put the truck through what it's built for. And my truck is built to drive and it is built to be sailed off things and it lands great. So I got to check off my first dirt show about a month and a half ago in Wausau, Wisconsin. And then not only did I get to do that, but about three and a half weeks later, my husband so accidentally blew his motor. So they needed another driver to get to the show in Carrollton, Ohio. I knew I was so bummed about that. I wish I knew. I so would have driven up there to watch you. So I worked at the hospital, 12 and a half hour shifts on Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, got up and got on an airplane and flew to Ohio. Well, I flew into Pittsburgh and then drove over to Ohio. Just so the listeners know, you're based out of? St. Louis, Missouri. Okay. Um, So I got up super early, got on a plane, got there, and my husband proceeded to tell me, he goes, well, I've got some news for you. And I'm like, okay. And I drive up and there's a freaking school bus sitting in the stack (laughs) to be placed onto the field, along with three car stacks elevated on three foot ramps, like the biggest show that I've ever done. Yeah. So I accomplished quite a bit in the last month. Pretty proud. I cannot explain how anxiety and nerve filled that pre-show pit party was, but I got through it and it was really quite funny. My husband we run radios now in our trucks, which I love. So we were able to talk back and forth. And I was fifth in line for freestyle. And that's where in our freestyle event that we would hit the bus. And in my radio, I hear him say, you know, you don't have to hit the bus if you don't want to. And I said, well, I don't exactly want to, but you better hang on, watch this. And I came around and I hit that bus and they built a dirt ramp on the backside for me because I wanted to make sure that if I got over it, I go over it and I didn't want to nosedive the monster truck down to the ground because that would not feel good. And they built a dirt ramp and I never touched the dirt ramp on the backside. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
So, what did the hubby? What did he say in the in the earpiece set? Oh my gosh, he was screaming like a banshee. I have never heard someone so proud and so excited to be. That's awesome to be there watching. And then, so as soon as I sailed it off the bus deck, it turned into a donut right away, which if anybody wants to know what my favorite event in this whole monster truck thing is, it is to do donuts. I absolutely love doing donuts in my monster truck, but yeah, so it was a great time. So I'm just thinking through this. So that's kind of your bucket list. Oh, absolutely. Has it expanded? You know, the more seat time I get into the truck, the more comfortable I get with hitting things and the more aggression that I have with the truck behind the wheel and actually fitting in it and it not hurting Mm -hmm. anymore what I was used to with proper fitting safety equipment. Yes, the bucket list keeps growing. I 100% am looking forward to getting back in the truck and doing our Hot Wheels Monster Truck Live Tour and meeting all the American fans because I haven't done a show series completely in the United States. Mm -hmm. I've done bits here and there now. So to be back in with the veterans of the sport, with my still relatively new experience level, mm-hmm. I honestly cannot, I, I'm going to sound really callous here, but I really cannot wait to put them in their place because, you know, in this industry, females get a lot of shade um, is probably the right word about our abilities to be able to do things, but given the opportunity and with the mindset that I have, when I dedicate myself to something, it's not just 100% dedication, it's 120% dedication. And I go out there and doing your best is not enough because that's just showing up for yourself. You got to give it everything you got. And that's what I intend to do. So the bucket list keeps growing with things that I want to do. I want to go overseas again. I'm hoping that I'll get elected to do that. I want to run this show series and I want to take away some more trophies. I won one of it in my first Hot Wheels Monster Truck Live tour in Europe. And one overall championship. So I'm hoping to be able to walk away with sore arms from carrying a very heavy trophy. (laughs) Educate me a little bit here, Rebecca. It's clearly a sport. You can win trophies. And, you know, you talk to the average person and they have an idea of how you win a baseball game. They have an idea of how to win a football game, so on and so forth. And even with, you know, racing, NASCAR or track or drag race, right? People know conceptually how to win those. How do you win a monster truck event? Like, is it judges or how does that work? Yes and no. So based off of what show you go to and what promoter is putting the show on, there are a multitude of events. So those would be equivalent to a wheelie competition. And that's where you see how much you can stand the truck straight up and down. There is a two wheel skill competition where people are standing them up on their noses right now. And that's a really cool skill set to obtain. Then you go into either a long jump or a donut competition. And that's where if it's a long jump, you see how far you can sail the monster truck. If it's a donut, how many revolutions you can obtain. Uh, Then we go into racing, and that depends on the track. So we do Chicago-style racing. We do J-hook racing. We do straight-line drag racing. And that's essentially who crosses the finish line first. And then freestyle turns into, most of the time, about a 90-second free-for-all. So whatever you want to hit, however you want to hit it, how fast you want to go, how high you can get it, momentum, uh I think one of our promoters runs it as like the wow factor. So, you know, what did you do that was so different that stood out from the other competitors? And a lot of times they either have the crowd judge those or they have, um, they do like a cheer off to see, you know, who the fans think did the best job. Cheering meter almost. 
Yes. Okay. Gotcha. That's way cool. I'm just kind of collecting my thoughts here because I'm I'm put, trying to put myself in your shoes. And I'm curious what some of your experiences are like, particularly as a, as a female. I mean, your husband was in it, so there's exposure there. And you already addressed that for women, there's some shade, which quite honestly is not unique or different than other male-dominated industries, fields, sports, fill in the blank, right? I mean, and, and I'm making an assumption here, but you can validate for me, that as a woman, do you feel like you have to be that much better just to be taken seriously? That's a hard thing to answer because for me, like I we had talked about prior I didn't grow up in a motorsports family, so I did not have that knowledge base. I have had my knowledge base over the last 10, 11 years working with Darren. And a lot of assumption was that the job was just handed to me. And that is by far the most incorrect answer. Most of the people that know me as an individual know that I've busted my tail working on these monster trucks for the last 10, 11 years. That's not something that was handed to me. Do you feel that you have to work kind of twice as hard to be taken seriously? And and in a way, yes. But I, I have always walked into an event knowing that I might not be the best driver because of my inexperience. But I also know that I'm running some of the best equipment out there. And that equipment is going to keep me safe, which therefore leads me into feeling like I have to perform. Because that's the Bigfoot name. People expect big things out of the Bigfoot name. True. And I've always been my my own worst enemy because I have a very analytical brain. And that comes from the nursing side of my my swap up careers, I guess now. But I, I've always felt like I had to do better. And it's funny for you to ask me that question because... Not until like of recent did I fully believe that I was 100% capable of doing this job. I didn't really acknowledge and slash believe when everyone would come up and say, you did such a great job. It was great. Because to me, when you're in that truck and you're moving at a speed, you're like, oh, this feels so fast or it feels so slow. And then you watch it back on video because I get as much video footage of my shows as I can so that I can analyze how I'm driving a little bit better so that I can be better next time. I put a lot of work into the back scenes. People don't understand that. I am very analytical and I like to watch my moves and I like to watch what I'm doing to make me better the next time. What makes you better the next time is learning from what you did prior. It doesn't matter if you're a half a second off of your race lap. If you make that race lap up the next time and you're a half a second quicker, then you've done better each time. But I do, I feel like there's a huge pressure on maybe not even just being, being a female, but in general, running a Bigfoot truck, you got to perform and you got to be better. That's fair. Would you say that when you first started, let me go back even further. When you first started wrenching and you started getting into the pits and getting your hands dirty, so to speak, did you ever experience imposter syndrome? Hmm. And maybe it wasn't when you were wrenching. Maybe it was once you were in the driver's seat. When you say imposter syndrome, be a little bit more descriptive of what you're looking for. I'm going to use myself as an example. Okay. 
I it, it's really hard for me to be in the spotlight mm-hmm. because of imposter syndrome. And what I mean by that is, to me, I'm just Jamie, but I'm doing this podcast thing that I love, right? Mm-hmm. I do it for free. Matter of fact, it costs me money to do this, right? I don't make money off of this. So when when I reach out to what some people would categorize as celebrities and they say yes to me and I sit down and literally just bullshit with them, right? Mm-hmm. To other people, they're like, oh my God, you got to interview this woman and like they've done this. And I'm like, like I pause and I'm like, yeah, I can't believe that's, it's almost like an out of body experience. Like it's like, yeah, actually that is really cool. Wait a second. No, it's just me. (laughs) Like there's nothing special about me. I'm just Jamie. (laughs) Right. I had the hardest time feeling that way too. And my husband has a good line. He goes, I'm just Darren. I have a really cool job. And I get to do my dream. And that's kind of how we've thought about it. Because like I told you last time we had a chat, um, I I put my pants on the same way you do. I put my pants on the same way our listeners are going to be putting their pants on. I just have a really cool freaking job that I get to do day in and day out that I absolutely love. I am a normal person. Anybody can come up to me anywhere I'm at. If I'm in Target shopping and you see me, come on up. Please do not hesitate to say something to me. But all the time. I have to remind myself that I do, in fact, get to drive the Bigfoot monster truck and that my job is very cool. And because I have a cool job, I get to spread my light throughout the world. Mm -hmm. I don't ask that question to every woman I interview, but because one, you're a monster truck driver, but not just for any monster truck, to your point, the Bigfoot brand right? There's, there's extra weight around that. And sometimes as women, and I'm speaking for myself here, and I've heard some of my other guests talk about this. It's nice to see other women that people would categorize as successful experience the same thing that I experienced, the imposter syndrome, and that it's okay. Yeah, a hundred percent. You know, I, I get worried if you don't have that somewhat. I am definitely not the There are different types of women. Let me start there. There are different types of women. um, And there's different types of expectations on how women are to look, how they're to eat, how they're to function, how they're to perform, etc. And I am probably one of the oddities in that. And I'm not the one that goops on makeup. I'm not the one to showcase what the good Lord has blessed me with as far as body parts, but I am down to get my hands dirty and to put forth the effort to accomplish whatever I want. I I think my follow-up question then would be, what are your thoughts and feelings around what you just described as pretty much societal norms of how women should or shouldn't be? I don't think there should be a, a societal norm, period. We are all very different people. We have very different skill assets. We have very powerful brains that can take us to the ends of the oceans, to be quite honest. I don't think it should be male versus female ever. You know, I grew up in the anything he can do, I can do better mode. But I changed that a little bit to anything he can do, I can do too. I know I'm not going to be the best monster truck driver out there. And I'm okay with that. Honestly, I'm already winning at life. I am driving the Bigfoot monster truck. 
that in itself is huge for me. I'm going to do my darndest to be out there and being competing at the highest level I can compete at and to show that I deserved that spot and the chance to get behind that steering wheel. And I'm going to do the best of my abilities and more every time I get behind the wheel. But I don't know if I think there should be a societal norm of how a woman should be. Rebecca, do you mind me? How old are you? I'm 30. You're 30 years old. Have you received any kind of pressure? Like, when are you having kids? And oh, all the flipping time, all the time. It it always interests me how, for women, they have to choose a career or being a mother. Oftentimes, yeah, you know it, that started years ago. I mean, and it's not that we don't want kids. That's still up in the air for us anyway. We love children. I absolutely love being a fun aunt. I have so much fun with my nieces and nephews, my friends' kids, and you know, they just bring a whole different light to your world when you're around them. But for me personally, I have a lot left accomplished for myself. And if I don't, I feel like if I don't completely take care of what I want to do first, that I can't be the best mom that I want to be, you know, and there's nothing saying that I can't do all of that and do it, you know, parallel in a way. But there are things that (laughs) there are challenges that would be presented trying to have a child right now. There's no way that it would be physically safe to try and grow a child while you're driving a monster truck. Right. That's just not okay. Right. So, you know, those other goals that I have in life get put aside and get prioritized in a little different manner. But I agree. Like, how many times do men get asked when they're going to have kids? Right. (laughs) What about work-life balance? Oh, my gosh. Right? Oh. And I kind of want to make an analogy here for, for my male listeners to maybe connect with this. Imagine... You're at your peak time of your career. I mean, when you think about like racing a lot of times, a lot of times you're 20s, 30s. Not that, and I've interviewed women in their 50s and 60s racing, just to be clear. That's not any age could do it. But let's say as a male, you end up getting injured in some way. And now you are no longer allowed to perform your career. You have to have a desk job now, or you have to choose something else. And I know a lot of people, not just men, like part of their identity is their career. And when you take that away, whether you're a man or a woman, and you take part of that identity away, it's hard not to harvest some resentment. Darren and I talked about that quite a bit too, because I found that in my preference, it is better to not be identified by what you do in your career, but by who you are as a person. And that goes back to what I said, as far as I, I am Rebecca, I love animals, I love riding horses, and I could the list can go on and on. But my job, my career is that I drive monster trucks, my career is that I'm an emergency room nurse. That doesn't solely explain who I am, Mm -hmm. you know, and I think a lot of men and women both get caught up in identifying themselves through their career. Athletes do this a lot of times too. All the time, all the time. There's, and I think it's important to find who you are as a person and that will help you be a better member of your career, if you will, Mm -hmm. but not solely basing who you are off of your career is huge in my eyes. And that can be challenging sometimes. It is difficult to find a work-life balance, for sure. I think that's a myth. I think that's garbage. I don't think there's any such thing as work-life balance. Yeah. I really believe that it just depends on the time. There may be times where your relationship needs more time spent in it. 
And then there's other times where the career needs more time. And maybe there's a period of time where it's, you know, off balance. Yeah. And there's this myth of chasing this work-life balance. And I think it's garbage. I, I really do. It's that one word that you just said, it's balance. And that's balance for everything. Like you said, I love fitness and I'm very passionate about fitness and eating healthy. And that is something that I prioritize probably more than than some others would, but that's balance for me. But I also love chocolate chip cookies. And so my balance there is that, you know, and it's not necessarily like I reward myself, but I, I keep a balance of what is good and what's not, you know, and I feel like balance in general between your work life, your relationships, your life outside of work, your, your hobbies and your passions. I think that is that one word just symbolizes so much that I think people need to understand. I would even challenge you, Rebecca. The balance word is what I get tripped up on, if I'm being honest. I feel what is healthier is integration. Integration is a great word. The word integration. Like, when I think about my family, and I think about my kiddos, like, I try to integrate them into Femcanic Garage stuff, because it's something that I love, but integrate them in such a way that they get to participate in such a way that it's an interest of theirs, not just my interest, right? And I think I'm totally just thinking out loud and processing with you right now because there's, it's always such a big topic for women. When are you having kids? Like literally I have observed some of my friends at their wedding, their parents, when do I get grandbabies? I'm like, holy crap. They haven't even gone on their honeymoon yet. Seriously? Like you know what's great about that, Jimmy? Like integration and that word balance, that looks so different for every individual. You know, like mm-hmm. people might think that my work life, which is consumed with my regular life right now so much, is like too much. But that's integration. Exactly. And that's what works for me. And that's what makes me happy. Like we could go on for hours about like just pure happiness and choosing what help makes you happy and go in that whole route because I just left a career that was pulling me down so heavily and literally jumped into something that makes me so happy. And I am just, it makes me a whole different person. And it like makes your heart sing. Yes, it does all the time. And people like when they see me around those monster trucks and I just all the time, I normally have a huge smile on my face unless I'm learning that there's a bus stack at the track, which is just fine now. Um, <laughs> I just glow because it just makes me so happy. And that integration into my life and into my, my what I feel so passionate about but with your husband as well. Exactly. You're experiencing it together. What what an experience for you and your relationship. I, I don't know. Like when you told that story earlier about now you have headsets and you can talk to each other and how when you told him on the radio, okay, watch this, you know, the the protective nature in him of wanting to protect his wife is, you know, if you don't want to do it, don't do it. And you going out and just nailing it and blowing him away and having one of the proudest husband moments. That has been huge for us. And I, the support that we give each other into doing what we do. Like Darren had no idea that I would wind up in a truck had Mm -hmm. no clue, let alone like take on driving Bigfoot. Mm -hmm. And that's me being in a 79 body is something that he's never gotten the chance to do. And I, we've had this conversation a lot. Like I'm always like, are you okay with this? You know, I don't want to take the limelight out of you because you started to hear this was your dream first. And I want to make sure that, you know, this is not going to be a deal between us, but he has been the most supportive person in the whole world. And I just, I could not be more grateful for, 
for our relationship because we're being able to do this together right alongside each other. Wow. That is so powerful, Rebecca. I mean, I, I just keep going back to that word integration and in, in you are now, I think you'll be episode 86, 87. I'm, I'm not sure. We're, you know, plowing through and well on our way to a hundred interviews. And after interviewing so many women, successful women, all in their own right, starting to understand the DNA of success. What I have found is a lot of my guests don't even realize or completely understand what they're doing. They just feel it and they do it because that's who they are. And what I observe with you and your husband that so many people are trying to figure out is that integration. And and that doesn't mean you would have to be a monster truck driver. It, It doesn't even mean that you'd have to be in the pits, but it's genuinely sharing in the experience with your partner and being their biggest fan. And that's integration. And when you can do that with your husband, with your wife, with your children, I feel like that's, you know, this elusive work-life balance thing that everyone always seems to feel like they're failing at is that it's not about balance. It's about figuring out how you include your loved ones in a shared dream. Oh, you're so powerful putting that all together, Jamie, that, oh, that, that that's such a good piece for your listeners to understand and really to take listen to and to check themselves into what they're doing. But you're doing that, Rebecca. Oh. That is exactly what you're doing with your husband. I read multiple articles before, um, I reached out to you. That's terrifying. <laughs> I mean, if I'm being honest, some of the articles, I was like, meh, because it was written in such a way that gave the impression that your husband did it all for you. Mm-hmm. Now, at that point, I hadn't talked to you, but it just kind of left a bad taste in my mouth. And it goes back to what you said earlier. It's like, hey, you may see me now, but you- I've been in those pits for 10, 11 years, wrenching, working my tail off. Yeah. And this was not handed to you. No. And it's not because your husband's doing it. You did your part. You put in your time. And no one should take that away from you. Yeah. Whether you're a man or a woman. 100%. That, that's one of the struggles. That was one of the, the key things that people would say. And I'm, you know, there's going to be haters and shade talkers and, and anything that you do, especially when there is notoriety to what you are doing. And you don't have to explain yourself to everybody. But those people that were there and they watched me bust my tail. Those people have been so supportive and so congratulatory to what I'm doing right now. And those mm-hmm. those people make the biggest difference. And those are the ones that continue to support what you're doing. And they will see because I do a lot of, on especially my social media, I do a lot of behind the scenes um, stuff, especially when we're in the shop. And I'll get to do so much more of that now. And I'm so excited to share that with everyone now that I'm at the shop full time and doing trucks full time. But th- they'll understand. And it'll come a day. They'll be like, holy crap, she does know what she's doing in there. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, has this strengthened yours and your husband's relationship? Absolutely. Absolutely. Did you have any clue when that journey started around this monster truck thing that it would actually strengthen your relationship? Um, you know, to be quite honest with you, I was a little nervous because I think having two drivers, especially when we took off to Europe, two drivers in foreign countries, never done this before, one crew guy managing two trucks and taking care of two trucks and getting them where they're going. I thought it was going to be a huge, I thought it was going to cause problems, but it has strengthened our relationship to 
what I foresee never really being breakable, to be quite honest. We are best mm. friends. We have different interests. We have very similar interests in what we do. And any wild dream, i.e. buying an RV that Rebecca may have, Darren looks at her like she may have lost her mind, but hears me <laughs> out and says, okay, let's let's give it a try. <laughs> let's do this journey together, honey. Wow. What advice would you give women who maybe they're on the fence or maybe they hadn't even thought about it until they listened to this interview around doing something with their partner, husband, wife, fill in the blank? Do it. Put yourself in a position that if you want something bad enough, you don't quit until you get there and you you achieve everything what you're doing. Now, I will say... um, relationships are not built equally. And, you know, you have to take that with a grain of salt. But if you have a supportive spouse, like I do, I 100% say, go for it, give them the idea. And sometimes it might take some coercion for them to get there. But I, I honestly would never change anything of what I've done in the last 10, 11 years. We've been married for 10 years. I think we've been married together for 12 going on 13. And, you know, now we're going to be together a lot. Literally, when we first started out, we were back and forth. Like I would chase Darren around the country, go to work at the hospital, chase him around the country, he would come home in and out. Last year was probably one of our strongest years because COVID kind of shut everything down. And we were really nervous into being able to spend all of our time together. We Mm -hmm. spent all of our time together in Europe and then he was gone for about a month and I went to Arizona and then he came and lived with me in Arizona for a long time. And that in itself, doing a pandemic during for a nurse and then not living with your spouse full time in 10 years, that was a whole transition in itself. And that's the one thing that I will thank this pandemic for that strengthened our relationship to a whole different T and it helped us work together on what what I needed from him when I was at work or what he needed from me when I wasn't at work and, you know, our strengths and weaknesses and how to love each other and and the love language that we have. And, you know, then going into accepting that his wife is going to be his new competitor full time. That from a male perspective is a lot, you know, and having that support system is very important. And I, there's nothing that I'll doubt that he can't do because he's a very talented driver. Darren has, has done quite a bit of success in his career and obtained quite a bit of checked off quite a bit of his bucket list. And I, I honestly, like I said before, I couldn't be more grateful for him and the opportunity that we are jumping on and taking a hold of and driving together as teammates. Well, I, I also think about, um, he is very secure in who he is mm-hmm. as a man mm-hmm. and as a husband. Because you said something, you're actually competing against one another. Yeah. And there's a lot of talk about, well, you're a girl, so you're going to get more limelight just because you're a woman, right? And there's probably some truth to that. Sure. Because, you know, you walk past. 10 Camaros and you just kind of glaze over. And then if you happen to see an Aston Martin, that's different. So you look more closely at it because it's different. Um, So I want to call out and give mad kudos to your husband and um, you're, you're doing it as well. I, I have mad admiration for that. And it sounds like 
he is one of your biggest fans. Oh, he, he probably is. Other than my late mom, he is probably my biggest fan and biggest cheerleader. I have, like I said before, doubted my abilities to do quite a few things. And he has been there to knock me upside my head, not physically, literally. <laughs> right. um, yeah. And to talk figuratively. me. Yeah, figuratively is a good word. To talk me in, to talk me out of my own anxieties to get my confidence level to where it should be to go out there. Cause I'm fully capable of doing a lot of things. And you know, sometimes when you look at things, look at the big picture, it's a little scarier than what it should be. And you look at the small picture and take it one step at a time. He's very good at bringing it down into steps and getting through one thing at a time. But he definitely is my, literally my biggest fan. What has been your biggest challenge in your career so far? Mm, biggest challenge. I probably would say getting through the pandemic um, and having such large gaps of time in between driving. Uh, when we got back from Europe, I went about seven, eight months before I got back behind the wheel. And then another seven, eight months before then I got back behind the wheel. And so you get in there and it's kind of like riding a bicycle, but not in a way you've got to relearn and rethink and retrain your brain that, you know, strap it in and this isn't going to hurt and get going and, you know, get your ground speed as you know when you're wheeling up to an obstacle and I think just the time lapse, to be honest, with the pandemic was probably one of the hardest things. The second hardest thing I'm going to throw in there is that, honestly, piloting a Bigfoot truck. When I was in Europe, I did Hot Wheels Racing number one, but it was a Bigfoot chassis. So I was in a Hot Wheels branded truck, and that in itself is a huge industry and a huge um, trademark of name to represent as well. I hold the title of the first... I guess, international Hot Wheels Monster Truck Live female driver. And that was a big deal for me. But I also didn't want it to be blown out of proportion as I'm a female and I can do this too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Do you get a lot of, I don't want to just say girls, but even children that come up to you afterwards? I'm, I'm sure all drivers do. All of them do. But you know what's funny, Jamie, is that the little boys come up and they are so shy. They, they're, <laughs> they're in like such crushing disbelief. on you. <laughs> yes. One, they're either crushing hard or they're in such disbelief that a female is piloting these monster trucks that they just can't talk most of the time. And the moms are so cute. They're like, oh, he's just being bashful. He's not sure. You know, it's a lady driver <laughs> kind of thing. And I'm like, oh, I get it all the time. And the little girls, oh my gosh. And I, oh, the pit parties and like, the autograph sessions are my favorite thing because I get to interact with them and they get to tell me what their biggest dreams are and that they want to drive a monster truck too. And then I go through my whole rigmarole because it's so important to get through school. I'm always like, you have to get through school, but you have to have fun at what you're doing. Whatever you do, it makes you smile because to me, that is success. Whatever you're doing, make sure it's making you happy. For sure. That's got to make your heart just explode like all the time. I want to take them all home. Like I said, let's go back to these kids thing. You know, I think it's like that, that intuition that kicks in at some point. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, I'm like, nope, here you go. Back to your mom and dad. Yeah. And, and it's not selfish to want to pursue your dreams. It is not, not selfish all. for women to pursue their dreams. Agreed. Oh, I love it, Rebecca. What is next for Rebecca? Now, you shared a little bit about what is just right on the horizon, mm -hmm. right? So let's talk a little bit about what's 
right over the horizon for you because you mentioned, hey, we're selling our house. So you're moving on to that full time. That's like right in front of you. Yes. Right in front of me. Monster truck and full time. That's a big leap for me as in like I've been a nurse for seven years and I've only taken three months off of my career in this entire seven years. Um, So I anticipate a large gap of time to pass with the upcoming monster truck schedules. Um, I'm going to get to drive in the um, Hot Wheels Monster Trucks live your United States tour here in the next little bit. That starts mid-September, runs through, I think, about Thanksgiving weekend. You're going to be traveling all over the U.S.? Traveling all over the U.S. Start um, out in California, and I think we have two weeks back-to-back there. So, And then are you going to work your way to the East Coast? Yes. I think well, our schedule kind of – it not necessarily goes from West Coast to East Coast. It kind of bounces all over, so – the website Hot Wheels Monster Trucks Live will have that full tour details on there, and tickets are now on sale for all that stuff. So make sure that people send people over there, check that stuff out, so you can see if we're going to be in a in a city near you. And we'll see. I am uh, looking forward to seeing if there's going to be an announcement about a European tour again. So another international tour for me would be what I am definitely wanting to check off my bucket list next. So, like I said, that was the immediate future. Where do you go next? Like if you even think bigger than that, because I know you're a, you're a visionary. You're you're a dreamer. I'm uh, working on a couple things with uh, my personal life as far as relation to fitness and health industry um, mm-hmm. that I that I'm hoping will push my personal boundaries more than even monster trucks have pushed my boundaries of capabilities. You thinking like Iron Man's? Mm, I don't know necessarily about Iron Man's, but this kind of more leads into advisement and helping other people change their lives as far as being the best version of themselves they can be and making right choices for their health and fitness and supplementation sort of situations mm-hmm. and exercise, mm-hmm. diet and exercise essentially. Um, so I'm hoping that kind of takes off. I don't know necessarily. If you ask me what I'm going to be doing in 365 days, I don't think I could tell you. And I'm 100% comfortable with that. It's beautiful. Yeah. I I love it. And, you know, I think it's interesting around the connection to health and fitness because a lot of people don't realize that just because you're driving a vehicle, whether you're a race car driver, a monster truck driver, a drag racer – to be at the top of your game, that is a lot more physical than what a lot of people think. Oh, absolutely. You may be sitting in a seat, yeah. but there is a mental and physical aspect that requires you to be physically fit if you want to be at the elite level. Mm-hmm. Well, I'll just give you an example. One of our, one, just one of our monster truck tires, 66 inches, about 800 pounds. <laughs> yeah. So like I said before, I'm a teeny tiny gal. And for me to be able to maneuver those things, A, and not hurt myself, and B, to get them properly fitted on the truck, I've got to be able to maneuver that kind of weight around. So part of this job is being an athlete and taking care of yourself. If you don't take care of yourself, Mm -hmm. like you said, you cannot perform at your best level. It's important, extremely important. I think this is the perfect time to launch into the red line round because I'm really interested to see what your answers are to these questions. Uh, Red line round, it's just five rapid fire questions. There's no right or wrong answer to it. Whatever pops into your head is the right answer. Are you ready? I'm ready. Let's do it. 
Who or what has been your inspiration throughout your journey in the industry? Who or what? I'm going to tell you right now, Dan Runte is the legendary Bigfoot driver. He has taught me everything I know so far. Big shout out to Dan. Mm -hmm. Where do you go or what resources do you use when you want to learn something new or you get stuck on a job? Uh, We are so gifted to be given the internet right at our fingertips. So I typically either will use Google and or YouTube to look up what I'm trying to do. Like I said, video and footage of shows and things like that is so important to us. And just out of curiosity, like what kind of research do you do? Um, It just kind of depends. So like if I don't know how a fuel pump goes back together after we take it apart, Mm -hmm. I will probably just Google or YouTube because nine times out of 10, if I have a problem with something, somebody else has too. And they said, you know what, here, let me share this for you. So we would just look up whatever brand it is and then go through like a, most of the time it's a YouTube tutorial. That's awesome. Now, do you ever look up your videos of your own shows on like YouTube? Yep, I do. I do. Um, I put some of our videos, if I'm in the pits, I like to put a lot of our video footage from what I get from Darren or our GoPros because we run those in our trucks um, up on YouTube so other people can see what it's like to ride in a monster truck or how our shocks are performing or et cetera, things like that. But I do a lot of research on Instagram from hashtags that people use and I do a lot of stuff on YouTube. Is there such thing as a ride along in a monster truck? Yeah. Oh yeah. There's monster trucks that offer rides all the time at a nine, most of our shows, you can get in the back of a monster truck and get slung around. And it gives the most accurate representation of what it's like to be in the driver's seat without safety equipment. <laughs> mm-hmm. That doesn't sound safe. <laughs> it's a, it's a liability for you to get in there, but it's a lot of fun. Like there's, they keep it safe. They don't go over big jumps. Of course, they're not going to be sending you off a school bus. That's just not okay. Um, but they give you a good representation of what it feels like to be behind the wheel. Wow. That sounds interesting. Mm-hmm. Huh. I think I just added something to my bucket list. Yes. Got somebody else in monster truck. Yeah. I, I, I don't have a desire to like drive them, drive them, but I would love to sit like shotgun or like ride in one to experience it. Oh, I would love to give you a ride in a monster truck, Jamie. I would be honored <laughs> if, if I sat shotgun next to you. Oh, you're very sweet. I would trust riding along with you. Okay. All right. And who knows, maybe we can make that happen uh, as long as I can do video so my the Femcanic community can make fun of me screaming like a little <laughs> child. <laughs> they would probably scream right along with you. I, I don't know if I would be screaming or like laughing because I'd be having so much fun. <laughs> I typically laugh. It is the, the laughter because, listen, I drive these trucks and I get on these monster trucks that give rides because I think it is the funnest thing I have ever experienced in the whole life. I took a ride about, I don't know, it was like early March with Alan Pizzo. He's a legendary driver in this sport. And my jowls hurt because I was laughing Just so smiling hard. the whole time. Yeah, <laughs> gave me the ride of my life in the back of that monster truck. And it, oh, I can, <laughs> I can feel my jowls being pained right now thinking about that trip. It was so much fun. Yeah. Oh, maybe we should coordinate that at some point. Yeah. That would be a blast. Yeah. All right. What excites you most about what you do, Rebecca? The fans and getting to meet them and drawing my inspiration from the stories that they share with us through when we get to do pit parties and crash zones. And it they just bring out the light in you and they make you so appreciative of being able to enter their life and entertain them for an hour. Without those fans, I would not have a job because who would be there to watch what I do? 
what has been the most inspirational story that's been shared with you thus far in your career? Um, when I went to Europe last year, I requested that we get to do some of the pediatric hospitals because I have a large passion for emergency medicine and pediatric specialties. And we went to, I'm going to butcher the name and I profusely apologize, but it was Roots, Poland. And they set up a tour for us to go to their pediatric ER in that little town. And I don't know if you know much about Poland, but that community in that country is a very flat affected, women are forced to work, no options, country. And when we walked into that hospital, I thought I walked into the orphanage off a little orphan Annie. Their resources were the most minimal resources I have ever seen. And while this isn't necessarily a story that I was told, the story that those children spoke in a completely different language to me based off of their happiness by receiving a poster, a piece of paper was the light of their day. Mm. I walked out of there in the most humbled form. It gets me a little emotional talking about it because uh, mm. you want to talk about having nothing. Those kids had nothing and a piece of paper made their day and a smile getting to see something different. There were some kids that didn't even have arms or legs or, you know, and that was one thing that they will be able to remember from their childhood that in a situation where they're locked in a hospital, sleeping four and five beds deep, that they may remember that this, this American girl, she smiled at me and she gave me a piece of paper. Mm. Ooh, ooh, it gets me emotional talking about it, but it sometimes it's the littlest things that make the biggest difference in people's lives. Perspective. Mm-hmm. Perspective. That's powerful. What's a personal habit or practice that has helped you significantly in this industry when you feel stuck or discouraged? A personal habit. Mm, Music. That's kind of like what I do before I go out and do something. I love music. I love to dance. I don't watch a lot of TV. I listen to podcasts and music and read enrichment books and When I feel like I'm in a rut, I turn on some tunes that I know will get me in a good mood and get me thinking and get my brain processing things and just let her go. Sometimes you'll find me dancing. I'm not the most coordinated dancer, but I do like to bust a move every now and then. Do you have a signature dance move? I definitely don't have a signature dance move, but I got into a dance battle with a kiddo in that same country in Poland. Again, we spoke not even anywhere close to the same language, but we dance battled it out and it was probably one of the highlights of my career. And I found that recorded on the internet. (laughs) Oh boy. Oh, and then I I know everyone's wondering, so what's your go-to song to get ready for a show or maybe one or two songs? I love, okay, probably a handful. I love prime country, country music, like music from the eighties and nineties. That's my niche. And (laughs) I don't know about you, but when I hear Shania Twain come on and I hear that symphony of orchestra music coming on, and I feel like I could kick down a door when she goes, let's go girls. (laughs) I'm like, get out of my way. Coming through. My other one is Katy Perry's fireworks song. Does it get I don't know why, but I love her. I love that song. And there is a, a line in it that says, oh, it's something about, um, after a rainbow or after a hurricane comes a rainbow. And that is like, 
probably one of the biggest highlights of that song. I love that because of what I went through in the last 360 something days now, you know, after the hurricane comes a rainbow, you got to keep yourself on the up and up. I love it. I love that. Baby, you're fire. <laughs> See, now it's stuck in my head. Uh, your husband can kick me in the shin when he sees me because you're probably going to be singing that nonstop now. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> listen, listen, this is between you and I, and it may or may not show up on this podcast, but when we pulled out of the, the, the parking lot of the camping place that we bought our fifth wheel at, um, again, huge prime country fan, I sang... Um, well, I made her the queen of my double wide trailer with the polyester. <laughs> he could not. I, he was like, I can't believe you right now. <laughs> and that is no hate on anybody that lives in a trailer because you know what? I love the trailer living in the, in the RV and I grew up in a trailer. I, I literally started from the bottom. I grew up in a trailer house. My mom, my mom and dad didn't have much. My parents were separated and divorced. And, um, I think a lot of people are skewed by when they look at me, they're like, holy crap, you know, you, you've got it made. I'm like, Mm-mm, I started from the bottom and now we're here. So I get it. Tuna helper and roast or uh, fried bologna sandwiches were what we had growing up. Ramen noodles are another popular. And there ain't nothing wrong with it. No, nothing absolutely wrong with it. not. I think this is fitting to ask, what is your parting advice to other femcanics? trying to find their way in this industry. If you can dream it, it is absolutely obtainable, but you're going to have to put in the work to get it done. That's it. You've got to put in the work. Show up every day. Change. Every little day. 1%. If you're better than yesterday, just by 1%. That's going to make it somewhere. It's not going to be a freaking race. It's a slow race. Slow and steady. It might take you a while. It took me nine-ish years to get in the monster truck seat behind the wheel. So while you might not see that light at the end of the tunnel right now, if you keep putting in the work and you put forth the effort and you just be a little bit better than yourself the day before, every day, you will get there. Don't quit. Just keep showing up. Just keep showing up. That's the power right there. Mm, Love it. Rebecca, where and how can people connect with you? So I'm on the socials. I like to, to be active on my social media. I manage my own social media accounts. So it might take me a little bit of time to get back to you, but I'm on Instagram. It's Rebecca.Schnell underscore MT driver. And on the tickety talk, I like to call it, I like to make some fun videos. The tickety talk. The tickety talk. Yes. Um, I believe my username is 13 Rebecca Schnell. In fact, I'm pretty confident the 13 comes first because 13 is my favorite number. We mm-hmm. talked about that. Um, 13 Rebecca Schnell. You can also find my husband and I, we have a, a collaborative page on Facebook and it's the Schnell's monster truck page. He has kind of taken over the role of managing that for me because I am got my hands elbow deep in everything right now, but that is where you can find us. We love to interact with everyone. We love to see your footage from anything that we do. And most likely it's going to get shared because I love to share all the stuff that the fans get. Cause it's a whole different perspective from the fans perspective to what mm-hmm. I see in my truck. So just out of curiosity, the content on the tickety talk, is that different than on Instagram and Facebook? A little bit, a little bit because it's video based. So you'll get to see a little bit more interaction. I'd like to do, we team up together and do a little bit of more, you know, intermittently do some informative videos on, you know, our parts. And like today we filmed a video I'll release sometime this week on um, fuel pumps and the fuel cell system. 
So I, we do like tutorials. And then, like I said, I like to dance and I like music. So you'll see that. on. I was going to say, are we going to get to see <laughs> yes. the singing and dancing? Yes. We got a little taste of it. I love it. That's the good stuff right there. That's the humiliating stuff that I really just don't care. I am who I am. So I'm, I'm with you. I'm, we are kinder in hearts, my friend. I take it upon myself mm-hmm. and make it a, a life school to embarrass my children, particularly my daughter in public, because my son typically joins in with I love me. that for you. I so do. I love that for you. I have to tell you a secret, though. The other day I was at Cracker Barrel and they had a, um, I love to scare people. That is my other thing. I like to prank scare people. And my husband has moved into the point, he hasn't been in the RV yet, and it's going to get there, but he would clear the house if he could not find me to figure out where I was so he didn't pee himself because I, again, love to see it. So I bought a screaming skull that when you flipped on the lights at Cracker Barrel for $6 and I put it in the shop bathroom last week, I got some people. I got some people. So I'm going to hopefully get some footage. Did you have video? I don't have video of that because I wasn't expecting it. Or maybe not video because it's a bathroom, but maybe audio. It's coming. I'm going to get it on the tickety talk. People are going to laugh. Oh my God. I, that That's going to be fabulous. Yes. Ooh, prankster, prankster. That's the good stuff right there. Mm -hmm. Listen, a little laughter goes a long way. It does. It really does. Rebecca, thank you so much for being in the driver's seat. And I've really enjoyed this conversation, getting to know you. You're an amazing human being. And I look forward to following you and watching your journey. And who knows, I may... um, message you on probably not tickety talk but i love that by the way tickety talk (laughs) probably on the instagram or email i don't know i'll i'll hit you up uh, and maybe surprise you and say i'm gonna be at your show and maybe we'll be able to get to meet in person i would love that so much thank you so much for having me i've had a blast if anybody has any questions about anything that i talked about today please just shoot me a message i'm more than happy to answer and go through even in more detail if you want to know more and uh, we'll catch you on the catch you on the flip side, keeping it rubber side down. <laughs> Absolutely. Thanks, Rebecca. Thank you. Hi, I'm Rebecca Schnell, professional monster truck driver. I'm a thin canic. Anna Kraft is in the driver's seat next. She grew up in Germany and pursued a degree in mechanical engineering. Shortly after that, she went ahead and took the plunge and moved to the United States and made her home in the good old Midwest. Anna spent multiple years working as a mechanical engineer before she decided to embrace her calling to become an entrepreneur. She went on and launched Xena Workwear, a startup tackling an issue she continuously ran into, a lack of feminine safety shoe options. Be sure to tune in next week to learn how she pursued angel investors. Until next time, Femcanics. Thanks for listening to the Femcanic Garage Podcast. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Femcanic Garage. Check out our website, femcanicgarage.com, for swag and the transcribes for each episode. If you want to help grow this community, do me a favor and subscribe, rate, review, And most importantly, share this podcast. Spread the word. This is Jamie B. signing off. Are you a femcanic?